Welcome to this week's episode of Quiddity on the Circe Podcast Network, where we engage in the classical spirit of inquiry. I'm your guide, Brandon LeBlanc. Matt Bianco is with me today because he insisted on being included in this conversation. And that's because we're joined today by Andrew Case, co-creator of the LF by Beth video series, and the, which is the foundation of their free Hebrew online uh, program. Andrew is a translation consultant, author, composer, and app developer. He also runs his own Bible translation podcast, Working for the Word. Uh, and along with his wife, Beth, who has more degrees than I can list in linguistics and biblical Hebrew, um, run this program. They met at the Hebrew, uh, studying Hebrew at the Jerusalem Center for Bible Translators, and they currently reside in Oaxaca, Mexico, where Andrew grew up. So, Andrew, welcome to Quiddity. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Well, uh, we really appreciate you being here. Um, we work in classical education, obviously, in this in this kind of classical education renewal. Um, and in the three decades since the renewal began, Latin has been the 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 dominant ancient language that most schools and homeschoolers have implemented, um, with Greek beginning to rise. And we have apprenticeships in, in both of those languages, um, but we're often asked by parents and even some at the college level who are involved with uh, biblical programs about the lack of Hebrew instruction. Uh, my answers always had something to do with a, a lack of resources and certainly a lack of qualified teachers um, to help get those programs going at schools. So I'm really excited to bring your work to our audience. Great. If you could just tell us a little bit about how uh, Free Hebrew Online and and the Left by Beth video series came to be and what you hope to see happen with it. Yeah. So Aleph with Beth was something that developed out of my experience overseas in Africa. So I was in Central Africa in Equatorial Guinea, and I was teaching translators, indigenous translators, getting them ready for an Old Testament project. And I quickly realized that first of all, they would need Hebrew to do an Old Testament Testament project. And I wanted to give them that. Uh, but when I started to teach them the way that I was taught in seminary, I ran into a lot of brick walls. The thing is that most people in the world like them, especially in multilingual contexts, because many of them speak two or three languages um, for just everyday life, uh, they're very good at learning languages, but not good at learning languages artificially in the way that most sem seminaries teach the biblical languages, which is what a lot of people call the grammar translation method, the GTM method, or the the uh, <clears throat> just the, the classic, uh, let's learn some grammar and uh, learn the alphabet, and then we'll tell you that you know the language. When you haven't actually internalized or developed fluency or uh, gained any kind of facility with the language besides being able to parse things and uh, analyze things. So when I tried to teach them that way, it was very inefficient and very discouraging for them. And uh, I, I realized that they need to learn this like a living language. And um, I had never learned that way, but I knew that was the ticket. And it was the way to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ overseas who may not be gifted at uh, just reading dry grammar books, but they are gifted at learning languages in a natural way. And so if we want to serve them, we have to give them the biblical languages in a way that works for them. And it, honestly, it is the, the way that works best for everyone at the end of the day. And it is 
the way that especially works well for oral cultures, which comprise 70% of the entire population of the earth. And uh, we just happen to live in, the, in, in America in a, a culture that's benefited and, and had uh, an extensive history of literacy and uh, literary focus. But most of the world has not had that. And uh, they're largely oral cultures. I would recommend that everyone check out a book called uh, Don't Throw the Book at Them if they're interested in orality and oral cultures and learning more nice. about what that means. It's a book called Don't Throw the Book at Them by Harry Box. But anyway, when I realized that that was the best way to serve our, our brothers and sisters overseas, especially those studying the languages for Bible translation, I started looking for a way to do that. And when my wife and I got married, she had had that training and she had the blessing of, of getting to enjoy learning that way and then really excelled at it. And so I encouraged her to take that to the next level and begin sharing it with others. And, and um, also, you know, part, partly because I wanted to learn that way as well, uh, which even if you've taken 10 years of Hebrew in a classroom at a seminary, uh, learning this way will be almost like starting from zero uh, because it's a totally different way, like learning your mother tongue as a child. And so when uh, we started trying to do that, we realized teaching in person is really inefficient. It's, um, it's not going to scale enough. And there are so few people who teach this way, especially Greek and Hebrew, that we needed to find a way to make it scale, especially when COVID hit and we couldn't do all these in-person things. A lot of these people who are involved in Bible translation, who are the indigenous speakers of their language, it's hard for them to leave their fields and their families and and go somewhere for a month or three months or six months, like a city center or to Israel or whatever, and do this kind of immersive experience. That's really, really prohibitive. And so it ends up being something that's only a luxury for the for the rich or, you know, people in certain um, seasons of life. And we wanted that not to be the case, that it could be, um, you know, level the playing field and give it to everyone who who has that desire to learn. And so that's when we started making videos. And it was just a little experiment, but God quickly grew it into a full-fledged um, course that thousands of people are are enjoying around the world now. So yeah, that's a little bit of uh, about its beginnings. Great. Uh, well, listeners to our podcast who have listened to some of our other ones on, on language will know that Cersei uh, kind of favors that direct method of language instruction, uh, including the comprehensible inputs, which awesome. are so much, so much a part of your, your videos. Y'all have a lot of experience both academically and then in, in, in practical instruction. Um, mm. Could you speak to some of the specific benefits of that type of instruction versus kind of what's been the traditional method for, especially for Hebrew? And yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just just encourage everyone listening definitely check out our website freehebrew dot online, not freehebrew dot com, but freehebrew dot online. And there's a lot of great stuff to read there if you're wondering about some of these things or don't know where to start or even what I'm about to talk about, which is some of the benefits of comprehensible input. These, this was not a new idea with us, of course, 
it's a pedagogy that's mainly been pioneered by a guy named Stephen Krashen and uh, sometimes called the natural approach. And um, so it's, it's very simple. It, it can be summed up that you learn a language when you understand it. So it's a very elegantly simple concept. And what that means is that language acquisition doesn't require extensive use of conscious grammatical rules and tedious drills, but getting a lot of input of the language that's under that's given to you in, a, in an understandable way. So uh, when I point to a car and I say car, um, you can understand that even if you don't know English, because I'm trying to communicate to you something and uh <clears throat> And I'm saying a word and you're seeing the object. And so that's basically the idea. And what that does is it allows people to, number one, just relax and learn in a, a way that their their brain was designed by God to learn. And the other thing is it's not intimidating with the all the drills of grammar and vocabulary lists and all that kind of stuff that traditionally people associate with language learning. Um, most people think you got to learn all these charts to learn a language, or you've you got to be able to parse all of these verbs. And, uh, this takes the weight off of all of that. I'm sure there's a place for doing some of that, but that's actually not language learning. That would be another, it, that would be another category altogether. And so, um, so yeah, that's what we're, we're excited about because, you know, this this method, for instance, it doesn't even start with the alphabet, which most people would would imagine that you would do, uh, because as a kid, if you think about it, and a lot of this is parallel to what you would if you think back how you learned your mother tongue as a child, it's it's very similar. And as a child, your mother didn't sit you down and say, OK, we're going to learn the alphabet before I begin speaking to you. And before you learn any words in English, you're going to memorize the English alphabet. <laughs> that didn't happen at all to anyone in ever in history, but you still learned English really well. And uh, so we're basically trying to emulate the same thing on a different kind of scale, but um, it's, it's also very, uh, very convenient for those who are maybe more timid and uh <laughs> And they, they, they think they're not good at learning languages because usually when you do comprehensible input, you don't want to force people to speak, especially too early in the game. And so most people, and I think if it's done right, they'll go through a period of silence where they will um, just be listening a lot and internalizing the sounds of the language and some of the vocabulary without being required to say anything, which is exactly what you do as a baby, right? And so. Um, that's, I think for a lot of people really freeing because they imagine, oh, if I'm going to learn a language, I'm going to go in a classroom and I'm going to get embarrassed by the teacher. Who's going to make me repeat something that I haven't really learned well, um, or I'm going to produce with a really poor accent, et cetera. In comprehensible input, you want to take away all of those barriers as much as possible and make learning natural and fun as, uh, um, and, and not intimidating at all. Okay, I want to give Matt a chance uh, to talk about this a little bit because he, he's in a program now, uh, a, a MDiv program where he's learning these languages and started mm. off with the kind of classroom instruction you're talking about and then found your videos. So Matt, do you just talk a little bit about your experience with kind of 
those two things and and after what happened after you found uh the yeah yeah yeah. well hello andrew although to me you're you're avram but that's okay yeah (laughs) Um, you can call me either one so i i think brandon mentioned earlier that we do we at Cersei do this kind of language training with Latin and Greek currently. And, and I've, I've actually gone through the Latin program where it's been learned, taught this way through comprehensible inputs and kind of the direct method or natural method mm-hmm. rather than the, the grammar translation approach. So I was very familiar with that and, and already had a great appreciation for that way of teaching a language. And then this year I started a, an MDiv program and where I have to learn Greek and Hebrew. And so in the Hebrew class, we are using uh, the grammatical translation approach. We're using the Seau book, Seau book, um, which is a pretty common book, I think, in Hebrew seminaries uh, or sure. seminaries teaching Hebrew. And the, um, I mean, I was, I kind of immediately felt frustrated because I knew that this was going to be more difficult for me to learn the language this way where I'm memorizing, you know, grammar patterns and, or grammar rules and kind of vocabulary lists abstracted. Um, so I'm, I'm at this meeting where I'm talking to this guy's fellow named Eric Ellis, who's a professor at Hillsdale um, college, Hillsdale university college, anyways, Hillsdale. And I'm talking to him about it and he does Latin and Greek using this kind of natural method, uh, direct method. Mm-hmm. And then he tells me about your YouTube channel. And so I go home and this is I probably maybe a month into the seminary at this point. And the, so I go home and I pull up the channel and I just immediately loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was very obvious that what you guys were doing was um, exactly what, kind of is needed or what is needed for language training and especially with Hebrew in this case. And, and I'm, and, and then I was, I was, I was doubly impressed by the fact that you had so many videos and they're still being made. So Mm -hmm. at that point, I think there were maybe 195 or something. Um, And now there's 203. And, and then, so that's like late September, I think when I found out about you guys and as of today, I've watched 158 of the 203 videos. Awesome. And um, my wife is, my wife kind of picked, decided to do it with me, you know, further in. So she's around, she's around video 30 or 35, but I've been rewatching all of them with her. So I'm kind Wonderful. of, you know, learning it at my pace and, and where I am, but then I kind of go back and review with her and it's been, it's been incredible. Um, yeah. So the, the YouTube channel of course is all left with Beth. Um, and then the free Hebrew dot online is amazing because there's so many more resources there, right? The, yeah. uh, there is some grammar explanation and then there's kind of transcripts, I guess, of the show of the episodes mm-hmm. once you, once you have the vocab, the alphabet down, um, but then quizzes yeah. and there's all kinds of amazing stuff and, and just what you guys are doing to help Hebrew be, be taught in this way. And, and it, and it, and it was, it was an incredible process for me to go from in the middle of it. Like I had to keep doing the say book for the class, of course, because it was required, but, mm-hmm. but then doing this alongside of it, um, it made, it made that work so much easier because the 
grammar rules were more recognizable to me, having learned them more and more, uh, more naturally, more intuitively. Right. The, the right. Videos. So it's been, it's been incredible. In fact, I had a few classmates about two or three months in who were in a group text, um, frustrated with how difficult the Hebrew was for them. Mm. And I had never shared it, the videos with them because I didn't think anybody actually cared about any of this stuff. So I emailed it to them or I messaged it to them, the link to your, to your YouTube channel. And those mm. guys were like, so a lot of those guys were very thankful afterwards for how helpful it's been for them, even jumping in a couple months after me. So awesome. It's excellent work. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great testimonial. If I remember correctly, it got you out of some homework at one point, right? The uh, what, being ahead of the class. <laughs> Did there were a couple times in class when the professor asked? Um, it happened twice actually, where he asked anybody who can translate this word, you are exempt from the homework this week, from this week's homework. Wow! And I, knew the, I knew the words because of you guys. <laughs> nice, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I will. I will add to that. You know. Historically, there's a book uh, published by Cambridge in 2015 uh, on learning Latin and Greek from antiquity to the present. It shows that the basic idea of learning language through elements of comprehensible input was around long before this uh, GTM method came to be the default in seminaries. And, uh, and, and now it's the status quo that's deeply embedded in the, the traditions of all of these Bible schools. But um, we we want to we want to try to very gently turn the tide because we know there's a lot of built up resent resistance to anything new in this area because it's I mean we're going on like two centuries at least of of teaching this way um, and so to turn the tide we know that you know we don't want to offend people and tell them that they've been wasting their lives teaching this way you know with the the typical seminary method there's a lot of people we love who who continue to do this and who are doing it well and but they they're just doing what, how they were trained right and uh so at, at the end of the day we just want to encourage professors and we have a whole whole uh, page on our our website like geared towards professors, leaders, and trainers, uh, I'd encourage you to check out. But basically to encourage professors to think, okay, you're used to what you're used to, but can we all think together, just kind of dial back and think, how can we serve people better, our students? Because as, as far as the stats go, um, <laughs> the, st the statistics on retention for this typical traditional method are horrible and everybody jokes about it you know oh i went to seminary i studied for four years of hebrew i don't remember even the alphabet now ha 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 and i'm a pastor and i don't use it anyways i didn't really need it anyway everybody jokes about it but you know we're not really if, if we're not thinking okay how can we serve people um i don't i don't think that's we're doing our job as professors. You know, how can we how can we make this something that's last a lasting investment for students that is going to equip them for for a lifelong enjoyment of learning these languages because it is a lifelong marathon. It's not something you can learn in two years, even with our method. And so uh, that's that's what we're trying to encourage. You know, we we know um, that 
that pe- there's a lot of naysayers about uh, out there about it and we don't have to get into that but basically you know we're trying to get these resources out there freely so that people can see immediately how effective it is and equip professors with something that they can tangibly incorporate into their classroom and give it a shot actually you know maybe at least start with a hybrid approach and see if it works and there's nothing to lose because everything is public domain that we produce and everything is totally free so yeah the thing that the thing that really kind of impresses me at this point is i mean in addition to the the approach itself and the quantity of materials and resources you guys have is that you know it's one it's one thing to it's it's one thing to teach students the language this way and it's important obviously but you 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 also now have resources on how to lead a classroom this way the right. the idea, so 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 it's extended now to teaching you know students of hebrew the language but also teaching teachers of hebrew how to teach hebrew this way uh yeah. and I, I just think that's such an important part of um of the of the the the, the scalability, as you, you know, you used the word scalability earlier. And, and I think at, at that point in the conversation, you meant kind of extending it horizontally mm-hmm. out to pe- more and more people. But this kind of is a vertical um, scalability, right, where it's extending up, you know, down to the students, but up to the teachers as well. Uh, and, and providing the resources so that teachers who do know the language or who learn it first through your videos, then yeah. can, can start classes this way. And I think that's also just such an important, an important element to, um, yeah, you know, for reviving sure. Or renewing this way of teaching l- languages, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And we do want to see a revival. We want to see a, a new reformation in the church because basically what we're doing opens up the possibility for every man, woman, and child in the church of the, of the world to learn Hebrew. And that's may sound a little shocking for some, but some people listening, but you can let that sink in with our method. If you're a two year old child, you can learn Hebrew. And there are a lot of people who are um, two, three, four years old and up. There are a lot of families learning together. We hear testimonials from them, how well the kids are doing. It's something that doesn't cost anything. It's not intimidating and it doesn't, um, eat into your, you don't have to move anywhere to learn it. And you don't have to, uh, you know, set aside five years of your life to just, you know, quit your job and stuff to learn it. It's something you can chip away at, at your own pace of life, which means that basically everyone in the church could be doing it. They could be doing in Sunday schools and small groups, uh, and homeschools, you name it. And we're excited about that because, um, I think that's what the reformers, would have loved to have seen if they had 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 the technology to make that possible. I think Luther and all of his passion to uh, you know for Hebrew and the biblical languages and the importance of it, and other reformers they would have they would have said yeah if if every every person in the church could at least have the chance an equal chance uh, to learn the biblical languages why not let's do it. And uh, because at the end of the day, that just encourages more closeness for us all to get closer to the culture of the Bible, the language of the of the writers and their their thought patterns and 
and most of all, just encourages and cultivates a deeper understanding, a, a deeper uh, uh, attention, a more meticulous attention to the scriptures and, and the study of them. And I think that's what we all want to see in the church. So, yeah, I was I was um, surprised, actually, when I was enrolled in the class and, and just thought, well, this is a class I'm just going to do to check it off. Like I, I wasn't I, I wasn't interested in in the Hebrew language itself as yeah. its own thing. And I wasn't interested in learning it the way it was going to be taught. So I just thought, well, I'll just, you know, get through this and be done with it. And it was it was pretty quick after after you know, starting the the program and then you're um, using your resources that I realized how, how beautiful the language is and how it's kind of, I don't know how to put this, but it's kind of changing the way I think, I guess, like the, the way I think is, is being affected by the, the language itself. Um, right. My professor said something about how the, he, he said the Hebrew mind is more poetic perhaps because of the language or perhaps that's why the language is. And then mm -hmm. that might be a chicken and egg conversation. I don't know. But, and then he said, where the, whereas for him, the, the Greek language was more philosophical and more, and the Greeks were therefore more philosophically minded. And then he didn't say this, but I heard somebody else say once that the English language is more commercial and more commercial minded. Um, interesting. So it, it, it was interesting to me to think then if how much of our, of our person is, influence the way we think about the world and the world that we live in is is kind of guided by our language then you know learning another like if i'm if i'm an english speaker and so and and therefore if let's assume the theory is correct for a second if mm -hmm. if the theory is correct and i'm an english speaker then not then i tend to think more commercially and more maybe materialistically Whereas if I go and learn something like Greek, now my mind is being kind of, um, I don't, I'll say reprogrammed because I don't have a better verb at this point, but, you know, reprogrammed to kind of bring in a more philosophical approach to my thinking. And then to learn Hebrew would would add that poetic element to it, right? A poetic, mo poetic mode of thinking and a way of thinking about the world that we live in. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. that I could I could argue in defense of the of the the theory beyond just stating it, but it, it was interesting to me, and I and I felt something of uh, some I, I feel some sort of effect of of learning the language in my mind and the way I think, and, mm -hmm. and just wanting to spend more time with the language. I think because of that, so that's been kind of an interesting uh, side effect, I guess, of the last few months for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been said many times over by great uh, linguists such as Eugene Nida that uh, learning a language is the best way to learn a culture, mm -hmm. uh, as, or is the fastest way to get a handle on the culture. And uh, I think that's true. You know, learning the culture of the Bible is half the battle of understanding the Old Testament because it is a very foreign culture to us, and. One of the things I, I try to encourage people to do, to think about is, you know, when you go to an, another country and you're going to live there for a while, the polite thing to do, at least we'll just use the word polite, is to learn the language of that place mm -hmm. instead of demand that everyone speak English to you. And 
if we as Christians are called to really live in the Bible as the man of Psalm 1, to live there for the rest of our lives, uh, I mean, why not spend some of our time learning the language? Because at least that's polite to the writers and to God himself, you know, that Hmm. we are taking that seriously. Instead of doing all the other things that Christians do with their time, you know, we read all of these, the next, the latest devotional book on this and that, the latest Ann Voskamp book, all of those are good and fine, but we're, 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 we're spinning our wheels going to a lot of conferences and a lot reading a lot of opinions of people about things when we could just be going to the sources ourselves. And now we've made that possible for everyone to do for free from the comfort of their own home. And I, I just want to emphasize too, that uh, this is not, uh, we, we do not run our uh, ministry like some kind of funnel, like basically everyone else does where it's like we get you in the door and then we're like, oh, here's your premium plan. Now you can sign up for this for $20 a month. Or we're, we're trying to get your email addresses so that we can uh, spam you with offers or, or whatnot. We don't have any of that. Um, it's always going to be free and it's always going to be public domain. And uh, it, there's no signups, no trial offers, no tiers, no premium plan. Um, None of that kind of stuff. You don't. You don't have to worry about that. Um, this is just a sincere offer to the global church to join in um, with the joy of Hebrew and and uh, deepen their understanding of Scripture. So, yeah. I I think I uh, on the on a previous episode with our Buck and Monique, who are the heads of our Latin and, and Greek programs. Um, I admitted that my my early interest in language was just because I like to be able to talk to people. Just you know, hmm. uh, just my uh, my extrovertedness. Yep. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I was like, well, I want to be able to read texts in the in the original language. But I can't. I've come to learn that I think the the and I think there's a quote by Lewis on this. But like that, it's really that ability to think, which what you're talking about is what you're talking about. Right? The the cultural understanding to think in a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it opens up new ways for you to think. You can only think with as many words as you have, right? And if you add a whole another language of words, um, yeah, that opens up exactly. To you. And uh, so that's that's exciting to me. That but and, and it just really connects, like you said, brings you to that culture, and, and not just a, another culture, but another time. In this case, with the with the ancient Hebrew, um, same mm-hmm. with ancient Greek and ancient Latin. Um, and so I, I I'm looking forward to it. Um, I started looking at some of the videos a little bit uh, after Matt got got my attention on it. Um, but after going to the website, I'm probably going to start over because um, one of the resources you have there is is a couple different uh, plans depending on how much mm-hmm. time you have to spend with it each day. Yeah, um, and then and then the sort the as Matt's kind of already alluded to, the website's just chock full of resources. Um, I didn't even see yeah. the ones yet. He was talking about about how to teach this in the classroom setting. Um, which is huge. It goes back to what I talked about at the beginning when, when schools or homeschool groups are trying to implement these ancient languages, you first have to have someone who knows the language and then show them how to teach it. And there's just been, that's just yeah. a slow process. So the faster we can kind of get that mm-hmm. information out, the better. Um, where, where would you suggest people start if they go to the the website kind of, to kind of get the ball rolling? Yeah, I mean, start with our intro video on the homepage and then probably go to how it works. 
um, at the top, there's a, a menu and uh, click on that. And uh, that will kind of walk you through. We, we made a video that basically just walks you through how, how you can learn Hebrew with us and maximize your time. And, um, you know, about all the resources that we've created to serve people better. Um, then of course, explore our resources page. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there, including, um, the recent edition of a, a whole doc that's also public domain of all kinds of phrases and useful words for classroom experiences. And so that would be, you know, for teachers, et cetera. And, um, we're modeling that visibly on some videos that we've been releasing releasing recently of an actual classroom with four four or five kids who are um, learning with us and um, so you, you kind of get a feel okay here's how you could use our videos to teach but then complement them with interactive exercises in class with the students so that's what we're trying to do there. Yeah. Excellent. Matt, did you have any questions you were burning to ask um, coming on today? Um, I, well, honestly, I mean, uh, Andrew, of course, you and Beth are like, I don't know, well, celebrities, I guess, for me, because I spend so much time with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So more of my desire to be here was to uh, gush a little bit. And um, that's great. We appreciate it. Tell you how much I've I've loved it uh, and to kind of hear your perspective on it all. So I don't know that I had um, uh, questions specifically, but uh, I'll say I'll just add kind of as a comment to what you said a little bit ago about the tears. Um, 158 videos in no tears. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's good. And, and the clever ways, I guess, that you guys have discovered for how to introduce even things like participles without having to use English to explain it at all, um, is it's, it, it really kind of sets, sets what you're doing apart from, from, I mean, everything that's out there, uh, just how well you've been able to do it. And yeah, and it the, takes a lot of work, <laughs> a lot I of bet. brainstorming. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. Of course, the, in the dynamic between you two is, is incredible. I mean, obviously you guys love each other and you have a lot of fun with each other and in, in doing this. So yeah. That comes across, across the screen there. And so I've, I've appreciated that. Um, the, uh, I think probably my favorite episode. Well, I mean, I, I love them all, but my favorite episode of course is the one where you get, smashed in the face with the frying pan. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I should mention too, like you just, uh, Oh, sorry. I'm, I think I'm echoing there. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing that everyone should, should be aware of too, is that we do not ever use any other language in our videos besides Hebrew. And so it is monolingual learning from the beginning and that's an important thing to to realize before you get into this because it may be a little disorienting but that is that is the way we do it and one of the reasons of course is not not just the methodology itself which calls for that but it is so that this is accessible to everyone in every language and tribe and uh, country of the world 
so they can have an equal opportunity because that's 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 the thing that is near to our heart is getting the empowering the global church with the knowledge that up until now has usually just been exclusively uh, something that is for the rich in the West, specifically those who speak English can buy a $40 Hebrew grammar and then they have the motivation and uh, and the wherewithal to actually learn that, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, one of, one of the big things that's close to our heart is empowering the least of these in, mm-hmm. in the, the marginalized uh, languages and cultures in the body of Christ who have almost no resources and we're, we're feasting on a, a banquet of incredible options that we have to learn from. And uh, we just don't think that's, that's fair. So that's, you know, our, our philosophy is everyone except America first. That's our, our philosophy. And, and that's one of the reasons everything is free because, you know, if you talk to people overseas, which most people in the States don't, uh, but if you actually talk to brothers and sisters in Christ overseas, uh, you'll find out that most of them, to sign up for a Hebrew course online, for example, even if it happens to be in their language, like Portuguese or something, they're not going to be able to pay $300 for that course or $600 for that course. And uh, because that, that would be two months wages for them. Hmm. And so that's uh that's one of the reasons we have kept the global church and the marginalized in the dark um, as far as being able to study the Bible at the deepest level and as far as being able to combat heresies and false teaching. And so we sit in the West, we sit in America and we, we complain and we, and we say, oh, how sad that the prosperity gospel is spreading all throughout Africa and South America. Oh, how sad. But then we don't lift a finger to actually equip them with the riches that we have of the biblical languages to be able to see with their own eyes at the deepest level, you know, at the root level where, where their doctrine has its, its basis, right? And that, that's what Martin Luther was talking about when he said that the, the only reason that the Reformation happened, the only reason they were able to dispel the, the darkness of the of the of Rome that had clouded everyone's minds and hearts was by going back to the sources and uh, that the the languages are the scabbard of the sword of the spirit they're the they're the um, the chests that hold the jewels of the gospel and so if we empower people with these things we empower them to combat um uh, these kinds of heresies and false teachings all over the world, which abound because I mean, if I, if I'm Benny Hinn and I come in there and I, and I wear a white suit, I like where, where I was in Equatorial Guinea, you know, Benny Hinn came the first year I was there, rented out a, a soccer stadium and charged people a hundred dollars each to, to come in. Um, and, you know, if I'm, I'm a false teacher and I say, well, in the Hebrew, it actually says this, or in the Greek, it actually says this: nobody in these cultures and these people groups is equipped. None of n- none of the pastors is equipped to counterbalance that. And so that's what we're trying to do. And um, part of that is, you know, the long-term goal of equipping them not only with 
with the language learning itself, but then the tools such as lexicons. And uh, so, you know, that's one of the big pushes right now for me is, is cataloging all the languages, the major languages of the world that do have Hebrew lexicons and the ones that don't and seeing how we can um, work towards translating BDB into other languages. Um, we're going to start with like the, the top 50 languages of the world since BDB is in the public domain. Hmm. Uh, for those who are listening, BDB is a excellent, excellent uh, Hebrew English lexicon. Anyway, if, if, you know, those, those are some of the long-term goals. And, you know, like you said, Matt, you know, we, we're still going, we are still producing videos. This is not like we're going to get you to square one and then we'll stop. And then you're on your own. Like we're committed to this for the next five to 10 years to take people as far as we can so that when they start reading the scriptures, they don't feel like a fish out of water, which most seminary students do when they actually sit down and like, oh, I'll read Exodus now that I've had two years of Hebrew. And then they <laughs> feel totally lost and discouraged. Well, we, we, we want to take people as far as we can. And so that's that's the goal. And we try to release a, a new video every week. It, we've slowed down because we had a baby, but we're that's our, our goal is to keep doing at least that congratulations by the way yeah, um, yeah. thank course, you she, she's just newly pregnant in the ones i'm watching so um, <laughs> there you go <laughs> seeing our journey yeah. yeah the um the one thing i want to add i think for for our listeners is that you're you take that global reach aspect of it very seriously and it comes across in the videos because I mean, early on, right, the, er, er, in the early videos, you get introduced to the, the Hebrew word for man and woman. And so, mm. Ish and Isha. And, and then the, the way the video works, for the listener's sake, is, you know, Beth is showing all these images, either still pictures or, or video clips or dolls or toys or puppets of men and women. And in, even in those images and in those video clips, it's there. You're not just showing us, um, you know, white Americans from exactly, you know, Kansas city or whatever. Right. Right. It's, it's, you're showing us people from all over the world, Asia, the middle East, Europe, whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, black, white, everything. And, 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 and one of the beautiful things about that, of course, is it doesn't alienate that the global audience, right. Because they're seeing their own people on, on screen as well, but also it kind of, broadens our perspective right where where i don't think of a man an ish as the white guy right, right. Or the middle class guy or the rich guy but i see poor people rich people middle class people normal you know people mm -hmm. that, like, i don't know what they are and then i see blacks and whites and you know browns and 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 all manner of people and it, and it expands my understanding of man or yeah. and it's not just for humans, right? Even like my image of a dog, maybe an Amer a very American kind of suburban or a house class, yeah, or a house. Right. But instead mm -hmm. I'm seeing, um, you know, clay houses or whatever, all kinds of houses mm -hmm. and dogs and people and it, and, and landscapes and, and all of that stuff. It's, 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 um, yeah. Ex expanding my understanding of those ideas through the, the images in the language, which going back to what you said earlier on is, you know, that, that, that need to, you know, 
at the at a minimum be polite enough to learn the other person's language, right? Right. Mm-hmm. In, in their culture, is that well, what somebody that would be very familiar to our audience is a lady by the name of Charlotte Mason, who's like nineteenth century um, educator in in England, and. And, and she has several books on, on the education of children. And, and in one of those, she makes the argument for learning foreign languages. And her argument for learning foreign languages is very different from what we get typically in our world today, in our, our classical education world, which is, you know, a lot of times people will argue, well, you need to learn Latin or Greek or whatever, because it'll help you with your SAT scores, or it'll increase your vocabulary. And it's all very practical utilitarian stuff. Yeah. And she says you need to learn foreign languages to love your neighbor. Mm. And, and so there's a, a very real sense in which I need to learn, you know, French to love my French neighbor or Italian to learn my, love my Italian neighbor. But, but all my neighbor is also our fathers before us that, that gave us the word of God and, Amen. you know, and, 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 and learning to, to love, to, to love them enough to, to understand how they thought and how they spoke and how they wrote and how they lived and how they communicated. And amen. Uh, yeah. So I, it's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, we, and we hear the same thing you're talking about all the time in various languages, even at the college level, people going through two years of something and then being frustrated because they can't sit down and read kind of simple texts in, mm. in the original language. Right. Just, yeah. But obviously the things we've been talking about here with the, 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 expanded education of the global church um and the loving one's neighbor is it is the most important part of what we're talking about um and that that both the images y'all use and the fact that you stay only and you do all of it from hebrew from the beginning means that it's open to everybody from the very start um are important parts of that and and i'm just sitting here thinking that that you know that's what that's kind of what we uh, agree with too in our in our other Latin programs, the Latin and the I mean our other language programs, the Latin and the Greek. Um, but that also means that that going forward, as we do raise up teachers in these things, that they can teach any group, right? They don't even have to have the same language as the group they're teaching yeah. to be able to bring these languages to them. And that's just kind of dawning on me now that we could have, especially in America, where you often maybe have students who are. English is a second language, and so they're already struggling to do that in a different class. But they can come to your Hebrew class, your Greek class, your your Latin class, and be taught just the same way as all the rest of the students. And so, um, yeah, it's really really kind of beautiful. Yeah, and along those lines, we're just we're so excited because this opens up the doors for people in related languages, other Semitic languages in the world. Mm or maybe cousins of Semitic languages that have a huge advantage over us in the West to be able to learn Hebrew at a level that we'll never dream of. An Arabic speaker can learn Hebrew a hundred times faster than an English speaker. Why? Because they're, they're basically close cousins like Spanish and Portuguese. And uh, if you try to, to teach an Arabic speaker through this dry, you know, textbook that was translated from English with all English examples or parallels or whatever is like <clears throat> explaining, oh, well, in English, we don't have masculine and feminine, but uh, this language does. Well, you don't have to tell an Arabic speaker that um, their their language basically maps on exactly um, to the Hebrew. It's, it's unbelievable how close it is. And 
you know, we're seeing a revival of of the church and and just a growth of the church in the Middle East right now. That's incredible, especially in Iran. Um, there's a lot in Egypt and and other places. And sadly, those places have not been empowered with the chance to learn Hebrew, especially in a way that that really clicks with what's already in their, you know, embedded in their mind as, as the way they already speak their language. A lot of this is the same sentence, sentence structures and the same kind of verbal aspect and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's like a no brainer for them. And so for them to be able to develop fluency, um, this, this is really exciting because it gives it to them. It serves it to them in a way that can immediately click with that advantage in mind and, and see them excel beyond us. And that's what we want to see. We want to see, you know, 20, 30 years down the, the road, the great scholarship, biblical scholarship coming out of Indonesia and out of the global South in general, mm. that we would have never imagined because we never equipped them with the, the kinds of tools and resources that, you know, those are the tools and resources that make us read guys like John Piper and D.A. Carson and others, right? We wouldn't read John Piper if we didn't, if, if he didn't have Bible works and a Hebrew lexicon and a Greek lexicon and all of these things. That's what makes John Piper at the root a great writer and a great, you know, influencer in, in Christendom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, pick pick whoever else you want if you don't like John Piper. But basically, <laughs> that's the issue. You know, that's that's the issue is we're 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 not really solving things at the root. We're trying to still give people fish instead of teaching them the fish, because giving people a translated John Piper book into Spanish or into uh, Farsi or something that is not teaching them to fish. That's just making them an, a second hander, you know, a second hander again, and uh, g- give them the tools that make John Piper John Piper first, and then see see what God does with that. And that's that's what we're excited about. Well, thank you so much uh, for the work y'all are doing. Um, thank you for being with us today. Uh, I'll try and put a lot of these links to resources, obviously to the to your to your resources, and then some of the other things you've mentioned in the show notes. Um, but again, thank you just for being here with us today to talk about this. Yeah. yeah, it's an honor and a privilege. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thank you. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us on Quiddity as we refresh ourselves at Cisterns of Learning dug long ago, drawing from springs too deep for taint. Join us next week for another episode and be sure to check out the other shows on the Cersei Podcast Network.